0: Episode 194 of the PJ Archive is an interview I did with the award-winning English food writer and television cook, Nigella Lawson. This interview took place in 1995, at her then home in West London, where she lived with her first husband, the journalist John Diamond, and their daughter Cosima. They would later have a son, Bruno, too. At this time, Nigella was mainly working as a book reviewer and restaurant critic. She's the daughter of Nigel Lawson, a journalist turned conservative politician who was Chancellor of the Exchequer between 1983 and 1989. In 1988, Nigella's first book, How to Eat, became a bestseller, and a year later her TV career took off through the series Nigella Bites. So it was great to interview her before she became a big star. She was in good form as she talked me through the various places she'd lived up to that point. Whereabouts were you born? And, uh, uh, since, were you born in the house or were you born in the hospital?
1: Oh, I presume I was born in the hospital. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I presume I was. I was quite...
0: Where were your
2: parents living at the time?
1: Chelsea. Yeah, in, in Chelsea, in Markham Street. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they must have been living there then. I know that I must have stayed in hospital quite a long time because I was very small. Very hard to believe that I was four pounds when I was born, which in those days was considered light. These days it's completely healthy. And um, we lived in Chelsea. We lived in one of those little houses in Chelsea, which was quite, you know, in the, time, you know, in the 60s was when I was born. So that was when it was all kind of a groovy place to live.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> how many of you, were? Uh, how many brothers and sisters do right. you
1: have? I have an older brother and two younger sisters, though one of my sisters died. So Dominic is uh, the oldest. Right. He's three years older than me. He's yeah. thirty-eight. And then there's me, thirty-five, and my sister. Does so, so age I mean? Because she's she's year she's I mean, yeah younger. Thomasina. Right. And so there were three of us in the this little house in Chelsea. And then we, when I was about seven, or maybe shortly before. We moved to a big house in Kensington just before my youngest sister was born. She's mm-hmm. called Horatia, which is like Horatio, but you know, with an A ending. Right. And we lived there. It was in Hyde Park Gate. And we lived there until I was about 15 or 16. And then we moved back t- to Chelsea. Right.
2: Well,
1: oh, that was the last family home.
2: So you're a London girl, basically. Completely. Mm. Mm. Is that something you're very proud of, or do you feel sort of pulled towards the countryside? Oh, no, of? not
1: at all. Not at all. And in fact, when I hear all these people winch you know, about L- London, they've always come from outside, I feel maybe they should go back. Was just, <laughs> mm. Where's your father's constituency? Well, it was in That's Leicestershire. Sorry. <laughs> Leicestershire. Yeah, he had a house there.
2: But when did he first become an
1: MP? 1974, so oh. fairly late. he buy a house up there? He bought a house there before. Right. That's a good one. That's a, one. That's a one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And we used to go there for weekends.
2: Do mm-hmm. Did you sort of um, feel quite at home up there, or were you just very much London as your... First? Well, the thing
1: is, is that it, that was when I was 14, yes. that he was... Uh, I, didn't know, I think uh, 40, uh, 14 is really not the time when, you know girl fills a great pool to the countryside because right. you're more interested in being in London. Unless
2: you're horsey sort of thing. Right? Yeah,
1: I wasn't horsey. Right. Never went through the pony stage. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Imagine you might have been I there. wasn't that sort I was quite, you know, serious girl child, you know. Books, but not horses. Boarding school? Yes, I went to several schools. Right. I've done a tour of more or less every school and so like every expert. I've worked in nearly every department store in London as well. Have you ever, yeah. Harvey Nichols? Yes. Harvey mm. Nichols, Harris. Yeah. No, I was Never quite expelled, always threatened. Right. My father actually always had quite a good line so once he was phoned up and someone said, I think we're going to have to expel Nigella and he rather brilliantly said, Well, it'll be your loss and they obviously were so appalled that I could have such a terrible father who didn't care for no. the discipline as well that they thought it was their duty to save me from this laxness. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't expelled.
2: No, I yeah. So you stayed, I mean, you were at boarding school until you were 18, were you basically?
1: No. I was only at boarding, I went to boarding school when I was about 14, for right. two years. Mm. I left after O levels and went to school in Hammersmith, Cudolphin and Natalya. Oh, did you? Excellent school. Mm-hmm. I do okay, no, cool, Yeah.
2: Later. Um, <laughs> but I mean, basically, all the time, whenever you were away at school, whatever, the, the base was in mm. London. Mm. And, uh, yes, but yeah. mostly.
1: But I went to school in, um, I did a year at school called Queensgate. Yeah, not a crazy place, but otherwise, and I went to uh, I went to a primary school which is kind of a media primary school because it's catchment area which in the Bolton's called Buzzfield. Oh, yes, yeah, because yeah. occasionally I meet people that I was at primary school with yeah. now quite a bit. i
2: completely lost there. So Anna, we're when know we need to
1: hear about your girlfriend? old like girlfriend.
2: I'll tell you about her in a you minute. <laughs> So, presume you 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 got to a point where you wanted to leave home and get your own place. At what stage was that, and where did well, you go to? Well,
1: I went. To, well, in fact, my leaving home was sort of went around the time that I w- went to university. So, did, I left. I did. I did deign to leave London to go when I went to university. Yeah.
2: And where did went to Oxford. Went
1: to Oxford, so it was only a bit up the Oxford. M40. So, it wasn't yeah. too far yeah. away. Yeah. And uh, and also, at when I was at Oxford, it was kind of an extension of London in a way right. that Cambridge isn't. Right. And when, what I do and then <laughs> when I left there I um, well I, so I went, lived in Italy for a year but that was in between school and university right I went to Italy saying I would do anything but clean the laboratories and ended up cleaning laboratories now I'm trying to think where I lived first I think I rented you know it was a thing of sharing you know h- flats and houses I lived in uh, West Kensington not for very long, It you know, a room from a friend in the West County. And then I lived for a while in Parsons Green. Mm. And then I, the first flat that was my own was in uh, Notting Hill, or rather the kind of seedy end of Notting Hill. I had lived yeah. there for ten years. Oh,
2: right. Mm. Because, I'm presuming you'd lived, you'd grown up in a very nice house, mm. I imagine, did you? Mm have pressure on you to create nice places when you've got your own place, or were you quite um, rebellious uh, at that state and thinking, well, I'm just going to have hardly any furniture and make it really special? Well, I didn't, I couldn't
1: afford any furniture right. or anything, so that was, the decision was made for me, really. Your yeah, father was the charge of the was I know, but, you know, it's a strange thing, but he's not allowed to dole out money from the Privy Purse. Right. <laughs> so, that doesn't, didn't affect me right. very much. And I would hope he didn't benefit from it either. Of course. <laughs> so I'm trying to think. I had a few, you know, my grandmother maybe would give me a table or something like that. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, I think that, um, although I tried to have paintings I liked, no, I, I don't think, I, I don't think I looked up for anything particular else. It was just a question of, you know, I would go into a room which had a bed which had that the, mm. the house wasn't mine you know mm. but when I got when I got my first flat I did try to make it look uh I did try hard with it though. again it was on a kind of shoestring mm. but my taste is more modern than right. my parents cool. I mean my grandmother's my maternal grandmother liked more modern stuff but their my mother's rooms would have been you know much more traditional English looking
2: and being a very creative person, were you very creative with your own home as well, and having great plans for it as
1: soon as you... I have... I do have quite a lot of plans for it, but I, have, I suffer from great handicap, which is I'm very, very messy. And so that a lot of the things I like the look of, which is sort of rather stern lines and minimalist approach, so it's very uncluttered. It's very difficult because I just have to go into a room and it's automatically cluttered. Yeah. But I think, I think that I don't go in for a great deal of colour. I mean, I do think that if you've got books and you've got furniture, that provides enough colour so, for example, in the drawing room although, you know, I, I kept looking at those paint charts that, you know, they did papers and paints you know, that wonderful, those yeah. old paint colours which I love. On the other hand I feel like I must also stop myself because in the end I think just white, is white and cream are the most beautiful mm. I like elegance rather than prettiness and I don't really like um, I don't really like sort of Parsons screen reproduction mode.
2: Does this vaguely describe your place in Notting Hill?
1: Modern. Well it was quite there, were, there, there was one room that was t- my study was terracotta and black and I had a the dining which was very small and the outside was green and terracotta because that worked but otherwise it was a bit like upstairs it's just a lot of white with, with lots of books and wooden floor I mean the thing is I suppose I like to, now I like things to maybe it's, one of the awful things that happens is you're tastes get more expensive so I want a wooden floor and that costs a lot and then in a way if you've got a wooden floor and books and paintings then it's it really is pointless to start messing it up with a lot of colours or chintzy fabrics I think.
2: So have you accumulated a lot over the years and have you got a lot here that was in your Yes
1: a lot of it yeah. and in a way when we did the Notting Hill face we really did everything around that we yeah. did it from scratch and that was quite exciting so in here we've in a way had to adapt more Just and say well, we had this table which was actually made to fit into the space we used to have but you know you can't just get rid of a table and get another one so you just have to see you know t- to make it work and I suppose in a way it's better but it has very much the same look These, it has the same sort of look I think as the last place even though it's of course entirely different and I think with a house it's different a friend of mine when I was quite anxious about not being able to do everything I utterly wanted when we came here and a friend of mine said oh, the thing is she thinks that in a way, a flat is much more of a statement than a house, and I think that's true. I think you can afford to be more relaxed with the house, and it doesn't matter if some rooms are unfinished. It doesn't matter if everything isn't done exactly as you want to, because a house has its own character. But with a flat, which is smaller, you you do feel that everything should be perfect, and I think it does it does matter more.
2: So you say you were in the Notting Hill flat for, what, 10 years well, Yes, 10, ten, but ten years, years but what
1: happened yeah. was is that I had a ground-floor one-bedroom flat, yeah. and then when... John and I started to live together. Rather than move, I really didn't want to move. Mm. We bought the flat underneath mm. and not and made it completely into a different place.
2: Tell so me how, how you found this house and how it came about. Right.
1: I had just said to John that I didn't. I realised we had to move because although the flat was wonderful, it was really wonderful for a couple without children. Yeah. And also because we both went home, and I was having to share. I was sharing my study with Cosima, and it's difficult really because okay. obviously I wanted to work. He was asleep. But then I suddenly felt I really wasn't up to moving for a while, so I said to on I don't think I want to move for about 18 months, certainly a year. But of course, the sort of same day, we just happened to see this house, and it just f- felt so right when we are inside it. But then I thought, well...
2: So what was it about this house that struck you, do you think?
1: I think mainly because um, it's very difficult, if you want a house in London, to avoid the kind of terraced, you know, you go in and there's a... Same kind of sitting room to your left, and then the you know the arrangement is both is you know the tall the tall thin house, and in a way that can feel very confining, especially if you're used to living in a flat. So I had been for ages, and the thing about this house is it's very the the drawing room is very it's a very wide room and a very high ceiling room, and so you know at least you've got one very big or the grand proportioned room. So that gave so that didn't make it feel like a sort of pokey London you know townhouse. And the fact that it's in three floors, which is actually rather an advantage if you've got children because it means that you're, there's a limit to how many you know, stairs you're going up and down all the time. Mm-hmm. But, but mainly it was, it was the thing that made the house right. There was, the, this, it was this room that just made it seem um, totally undepressing. And mostly when you go around houses, it's very difficult not to be depressed. But also the fact that there was a study off the main room. Which meant that only one bedroom. Given that if you need two people working at home, that's quite a lot of space you're taking up, which would mean only one other bedroom would be taken up mm. into um, a and that it's a detached house, yeah. which is quite you know, rare to find. And we you know we were used to hearing, you know, various people clomping up and downstairs because we're living in a flat mm. for ages. And this is it's wonderful not having other people's noise.
2: Mm. Well, was there a lovely atmosphere in here at the moment you walked in? Did you think?
1: Yes, I mean it was it was. It, it had been the back extension, in other words, uh, what's now the kitchen. Of course, it was very different. I mean, later we go over what the rooms were before because yeah. I changed that. What was what's now the kitchen? What's my study? And what's the, our bathroom was the late addition. But it had been utterly sort of Victorianized, which is to say that a lot of the original features were intact, but also it had been done up yeah. to enhance those original features. And I think I find you know Victorian. De- decoration you know really vilely ugly so I overshot some people by taking out mm-hmm. the original fireplaces and that kind of thing but although it wasn't our was wasn't what I like in way of decoration I think it still was a very beautiful and imposing house and very airy, so I suppose in that sense it did have the right feel. What's,
2: what sort of uh, condition was it in generally? Oh, I mean, the people it, it, oh, very, they looked after, it, even though no, not for, no,
1: yes, and also the people we bought it from wasn't there. It was the previous, it wasn't right. the owners we bought it from. It was people before who'd done all that. Right. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't. But every, the thing is, that's it didn't need anything doing to it. There's nothing that needed doing oh. to it. Just needed, I mean, it just needed different paint on the walls. Or, or,
2: but nonetheless, it sounds like the moment you came in here, you had visions of how it w- would be under your own...
1: Well, I suppose so, except that I just thought I had visions of what I would take out. But in fact, it did work. We didn't do it straight away, and it did work perfectly well for that. The only thing that I, that I wanted to change straight away is the kitchen, because I like cooking, and I want a kitchen particularly as I want it. But, it, but, 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 no, but otherwise, everything everything was livable with which in a way is the worst sort of thing because one can get lazy about how quickly one does it
2: mm. do you look after the house yourself or you have your sort of nanny with you mm. the au pair or whatever mm. you say do you, do you do all the cooking yourself though
1: i do all the cooking but i'm not very good as i said i'm messy so i'm wow. afraid i have to do have to have help with keeping the place look nice
2: mm. well it's quite a large house to maintain isn't it do you think perhaps it's too large for three of you at the moment. Mm-hmm.
1: No. I mean, it, the Very. idea is that we will have more than one right. child. I right. mean, that's why we bought the house as well. But sure. there's no. But I think the thing as well is that, is that if you've got two people working at home, that you know you've got to have a certain amount of space. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you can, uh, to have a certain amount of space, you can put between you. And also that it felt important that Cosma would have her own space to run around and downstairs. For example, had we not I saying, well, had we not had a child, I would have. Probably knocked the wall between what's now the kind of dining room and her nursery, and mm. had a kind of dining room with sofas and that kind of thing. And, but you know th- that it just seemed it's better for her to have her own place to play. So she's never so. Th- so I'm not saying you know be, please be quiet, I'm working or don't mm. do this or even be careful that that you know that'll break or something. That's quite important because I've otherwise it's very difficult to work. You know, mm. it's bit not fair on a child to stop it from being a child just because you've got work to do.
2: Okay. Do you sort of do things for Cosma like preparing a room for her with your own childhoods in mind or do you, do you sort of have a dream place for her? And...
1: I certainly had to work on what was there and I, did, I suppose a mixture. I mean, with the nursery, I wanted it to be... I thought the whole house is is white, really, with quite stark lines and I just thought... The idea of trying to make, if you like, a as a tasteful nursery is utterly wrong, and it mm. should be just a nice thing for a child to play in. Which is why it's that very old-fashioned sort of lemon gloss with, very, with red woodwork and some blue. And in a way, it's I would never want to have. A, I wouldn't want a room for myself, but it's, I find I like sitting there because it seems so right for her, and it suits. She likes it, and it fits with all her toys. And, and a friend of mine suggested putting that uh, kind of ballet mirror and bar there. Mm. <laughs> you know, so. Which is making more of a child's room, more I think that I wouldn't want now. I wouldn't want to to do it in a way that would suit my tastes.
2: And you've got quite a lot of fabulous paintings and things here. It, it must be nice to have the space to hang them on.
1: Yeah, I mean the paintings. A lot of them are from they were my grandmother's. Some of them my mother's. Um, some of them belong to my little sister. The man, she lives in New York, so I get to mm. look after them. Mm. But um, no, and that and in a sense it's that which dominates. Once you, with those and, and those urns, that dominates the room. Everything mm. else, in a way, just doesn't argue too much with them.
2: Whereabouts are the rest of your family living now, or roughly? Um,
1: my brother lives, uh, I don't know what kind of area we call it. It's not quite Bayswater. But now, well, he lives in West London, London. London. He lives in West London. He lives quite near. I mean, he's in West London. And uh, my little sister lives in New York. My father lives in Northamptonshire right. now. Right.
2: Mm. And how often do you go down there, or just? I don't know,
1: not that often. I have, you know, not, not that often. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. It's quite a close family, still. Um. Yes, I don't know what the scale of how these things are, you know, worked out in scales. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. but the only answer to say that is yes, really, isn't it? One can hardly mm. say anything else.
2: Mm. And do you have a sort of place in the countryside?
1: We have some land in Ireland.
2: Oh, do you? We've got, build We've got to
1: build on it. got a forest to build on it. Do to say exactly it is? Anyway, it's in Donegal. <laughs> in- yeah.
2: And what made you buy that? You so, we, sort of
1: we just so loved it when we were there and we... On a holiday? We were on a holiday. Right. And we um, we saw a house sale, you know, which she had no money at all. You know how that thing, you'd go around looking... It amused you'd go around looking at vast Georgian piles... Mm. <laughs> I think it's nice if you've got children to have somewhere you go to regularly for holidays. And, yes. And, ha- you know, that, that kind of... So it's more relaxed. It's a way of going somewhere where the children can have friends of their own and run about. And I think Ireland is is uh, much, from what people say, is how England used to be years and years ago, that children just do run about. You don't have to say, be careful of this mm. or don't, you know, watch out.
2: Can you see yourself staying in this house for a long time? Yes,
1: I think so. Right
2: staying in London. I
1: win the lottery, of course. Of course.
2: <laughs> yes. Do you think you'll always be London-based, the two of you, because mm. of your London mm. roots? No, days. but
1: I think anyway. Right. I think I would find. Work. I, no, it's not just for work. I think that I would find. Um, although I like the country for a while, you know, I I think I like to be near my friends and be able to go out for dinner, see people.
2: Do you worry about the busy main road for Cosmo,
1: particularly? Yeah. No, I, I don't actually. I worry about all sorts of things. I do worry about things like not very clean air and uh, not just because she loves being outside in many ways, but, you know, I take her to the park a lot. Do
2: you want to talk us through the different rooms and also talk us through the garden?
1: Okay, if you just start with the garden, garden. work up. Okay, the garden, we're quite sex-stereotyped in our work there, and I do all the propagating from seed. And John does all the (laughs) carving. He does all the heavy work. And I have been working on doing all the various herbs. I don't have a herb garden, so mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of herbs from seed mm-hmm. this year.
2: Tell us about the uh, the plant, the Nigella plant, because i have never heard of that. Yes,
1: before. Love in the Mist is what it's called in English.
2: Right, and Nigella's a sort of nickname, Nigella
1: right? is the botanical name. The Nigella, Botan- right. Yes, because it's got little black seeds.
2: Right. Is it like a sweet smelling herb? Or? I
1: don't think it smells. It's kind of wild. Right. It has a rather feathery, frondy right. uh, foliage, and it the one I've got in, the, in there is a, um, I think it's called... G-Cort. Yes, and it's a kind of forget-me-not blue, powdery G-Cort. blue. And you've got your conservatory. Yes, right. which is very useful. Conservatory is as is you know, we haven't done anything to. But actually, do I like it looking right. quite tumbled down? Right. But the things I changed is what's now the kitchen was just an empty passage, and what is now the kind of dining room part of the kitchen was the kitchen before, right. and it was done in a very sort of wooden, you know, uh, rustic and the difficulty was is that it wasn't big enough to eat and cook in and yet it was quite and it was quite big to cook in in the sense that you know one was always sort of crossing one side of the room to the other and I tried putting our dining room table in the in the space that's now the kitchen and it was too cramped and I thought really well as long as you've got everything really kitted out well you don't really need such a big space to cook in because and it's better to have somewhere just off that you can eat separately and um I knew I wanted stainless steel because it's just very useful for when you're taking pots off the thing, and you don't yeah. have to worry ever about marks or putting yeah. mats under. But I didn't want it. I didn't want it to look that kind of 1990s statementy. You know, everything steel, sort of industrial chic. So I got the um, joiner who's did everything called Mark Viney, and who did all the bookshelves everywhere else, to do uh, the doors. You know, under the surface. In a way, I, wanted, I asked him to do it rather like um, 1930s car doors or fridge doors. And, you know, I kept asking him to... You know, I think I, he thought I was mad, like I say I want it more curved, more curved. But in the end, it really works. It does look like an old range, slightly. I mean, I it doesn't look like it's pretending to be a range, but it is done in that style, so it does look... In a way, I want to something that looked much older and low-tech.
2: When did you do the well, alterations? Anyway. Did, you, did you do them uh, before you moved in? No,
1: no, we couldn't, unfortunately. Right. This time. So we moved in in August. We moved in, in August and we did the. We started on. I also think it's quite good to, if you can bear, to, bear it, to live in a house for a while to make sure about what you want to do because often you think there's something you want to do but until you live in a house you don't really know how it's going to work. So we left it till a, we started getting the plans really started in October and we, we started work on most things around Christmas. Very good time to start. But
0: oh yes.
1: The f- I'd been to a friend's house and there's been the most wonderful log fire, which in fact turned out to be, you know, fake. fake. And normally fake fires, I'm really good. And this, she put me onto this man called Neville Stevens uh, in well, London. Right. But I also, when I, I knew that I didn't want a, a, a conventional fire on the ground, and I quite like this look, which is rather certainly American, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Scandinavian American. It's that sort of very, very plain. I mean, I also feel that the fire itself is so beautiful. And it doesn't really need... Uh, to ha- the embellishment doesn't need to be in a mantelpiece, mm-hmm. which you end up just cluttering with rubbish because you never clear it. And so so I wanted something that was just c- came out of the wall in the fire that's in the... Uh, you'll see in the dining room part of the kitchen. That I wanted it very much... I wanted it very high up on the wall. Uh, one, because I think it looks rather beautiful like that, but also I didn't want children running about putting their hands in the fire. And I'd put books all in the room because... I didn't want this, I wanted the drawing room to stay light and in fact, we've got so many books if we have books absolutely everywhere then everywhere looks a bit the same so I decided no books in the drawing room but to put them just in the dining room because anyway you couldn't really put paintings that near the kitchen and some people think you shouldn't even put books but, but so in a sense I the fire which is done with that kind of frame is as it were like the only picture in the room It, it does look. it is rather like a picture there, so. oh, we took I think this is a very good kind of this is just the sort of thing you need to know we took the carpet <laughs> Downstairs because right. f- a lot of original tiles all oh. along the passageway, mm-hmm. which are those other nice black and buff and terracotta tiles. So right. that was we we're very pleased with that. Here yeah, we took the carpet. It was carpet.
2: Do you call this the living room? The lounge. I like it. The drawing room. The big part, the drawing room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think cause it, because it is a drawing room rather yeah, than is, a yeah. sitting room in a way because it's. I think. Did you draw it? We we draw, him to draw it? Draw it. We <laughs> him um, I anyway, know this was all carpeted. Put this floor down. This floor it was before in the British Museum. Really it's reclaimed wood, which we got from something called a place called Victorian Woodworks, and it's a wood called Jarrah. Ironwood is called because right. it's the okay, hardest really wood you get. <laughs> um, but, no, but Jarrah is what it. No, Jarrah is its real name, and it's what if you, if you look at old trains, it's what couchettes used to be made out of oh right. at Dartwood. And I'm um, could you couldn't get it now. But it, they they were. I don't know what where they took it out of the British Museum, but they did, and so mm. we got it.
2: Again, you got this done once you'd moved in. Right. Yes, was over the Christmas.
1: Right. They started, right. in fact, for then They started on the day after Boxing Day. Mm. But the the thing was is that where we'd lived before, we had this wonderful cherry wood floor. Again, white room, my paintings up, but the cherry wood floor. And in a way, I didn't want, although I liked the lightness it gave, this didn't need to be big light because it had a lot of, it's a light room mm. and the higher ceilings. And um, I think in a way Dartwood Dart was more formal, right? And also, I thought if I make it too like the old place, I'll always be comparing it. Mm.
2: You've got your office suite here, yes. didn't you, sort of thing. Yes. You know, sort of glass windows,
1: isn't
2: it? Yes. Nice little office, good atmosphere in there. Well, well,
1: actually, it looks so beautiful when we look round the house. side office, that's, oh. I kind of suddenly I saw myself yeah, writing. Oh. But uh, I suppose it feels quite aerial. although it's not a very big room. That, mm. that study. It feels big enough.
2: Mm. The bedroom upstairs. Tell yeah. us a bit about the bedroom well, and that fabulous the best be big be bedroom.
1: Yes, which I got from, that was from Simon once with Bridge Road, I think right. he is, just off there, which was one of those things when you just think, oh, you're only going to get one bed, so mm. yeah, we'll go for that one. Yeah, and um, Exactly. But I suppose the best thing to be said about that room is that um, one needs everything to be, you know, we left it completely white and completely uncluttered, nothing mm. anywhere.
2: So, just to, can you sort of uh, sum up this house and then we put it into words the atmosphere and how fond you are of it, all that sort of thing? <laughs> you know, okay. give me a nice picture
1: of okay. It. okay, well, if I could sum it up, I would say I would be try, try to make a place that has kind of some of the virtues of uh, the 18th century with, with the modern. You know, the, the, something like those urns, in a way. I've taken the line from those urns, which are 18th century and very beautiful and statuesque and imposing, but, and I've wanted to keep that, those sorts of lines except with a more modern sensibility. So there's quite a lot of modern furniture, and uh, I've tried to have things which are, apart from the fires, which I admit are not real log fires, everything else I've wanted to be, you know, the most beautiful thing I could find that was honestly itself and not copying other things or, you know, no reproduction stuff.
2: To what extent is this your dream house?
1: Well, it not? Uh, my dream house? I can't sit. No, you, this isn't my dream house. What am I <laughs> What do you want me to say? It's more relaxing not having a dream house because it doesn't have to be perfect, it just has to be pleasurable. What are
2: you working on that we should. So,
1: you've got a column in The Time. I've got my is my restaurant column in The Spectator. Right. But in fact, I do television reviewing there as well, but the restaurant column, which I've been doing eight ages, ten years. And your minutes. brother's
0: the editor?
1: He is. Of I was there a long time before he was. Mm. People always, yes, always presume he I'm his appointment. But I've been there for ten years, and he's been there for about three, so it'd be very difficult mm-hmm. him to have appointed me. And otherwise, just things, you know, the normal things hanging around. But that's really it.
0: There's
2: no like TV work coming up well, or radio. Well, there is, know? but
1: that, there isn't not a program that's looming. I mean, right. I just do bits here and there, yes, guest appearances, uh, guest appearances, mm. and also, I mean, start the week I do regularly. Mm. I suppose that's true. But otherwise, the thing about television is that. People take such a long time to work on it that you could be talking about something for ages and it you know, either it doesn't come off or it comes off in two years' time, mm-hmm. so they're too far away to make concrete.
2: And we know a little bit about your background, yeah. obviously, but is there any media in your family background as much? Media in you know, a journalistic wise? Well
1: my father was a journalist. Right. Yes.
2: Does it go even further
1: than that then? Um no, I don't think so. I don't think I think it's that he was a journalist and certainly no, I don't think there's anyone else in the family. That I can think of, but I'll probably remember later. But I can't think mm-hmm. of no, I can't think of that. But I went in. I mean, my thing about like going to journalism was, was in a way through literary journalism because books were what i listened before. And so I started off. It's only really, although I did the restaurant column, I suppose that is me. But I I started off really more as a critic and went into being a journalist. Right.